Hey guys, welcome to Outdoor Asylum. This is Brad Allen uh, here in the Cash River studio at the Elite Duck Call Shop. Got my producer, Jake Seiper. Jake, how you doing? Doing real good. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy. what's happy about Mondays? Monday's <laughs> always a little bit dragging. Every day's good if it's fishing season. There you go. There you go. I agree with that. I agree with that. Guys, got a special guest here today. Um, this gentleman's had me on several of his shows in the past, radio shows, uh, television shows, things like that. Um, and I'm going to get to turn the tied on him a little bit. I'm going to get to interview him. Uh, any of you guys that live in Arkansas, you're going to know this gentleman very well. He is a staple when it comes to uh, the Arkansas Game and Fish, anything to do with the outdoor community. He's been uh, the public relations guy for the Arkansas Game and Fish for many, many years before he retired. Um, Steve Wildman Wilson. Steve, thanks for being on, man. I think it's payback time, is it? it All it, these it, times I've got to interview you, you now. You have no idea what's in store <laughs> for you, Steve. I don't care. Bring it on. <laughs> it's great to be here, and thank you for the compliment saying gentlemen. I've, I've never had that before. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I use the term loosely, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go with that. Man, you know, I've been watching you on, on social media quite a bit, seeing a lot of fishing pictures coming out with you, man. <laughs> you've uh, you've had, had it pretty good here lately. Hey, I'm retired. Yeah. When yeah. you retire, you can fish. Yeah. I love one. Uh, you had a picture of a bass, um, and you uh, you had a comment really cracked me up. said, uh, this just like uh, Bill Clinton didn't inhale, but this guy did. You had a bass that pretty much swallowed a crankbait, looked like. There, yeah, I had you know? a popper on topwater bait. I love topwater bass fishing. And uh -huh. uh, I was out there a couple weeks ago, and, uh, I mean, one just inhaled it. And that was the first thing that came to my mind. I looked down in there and I said, <laughs> Bill Clinton said he didn't inhale, but this thing did. <laughs> You know, one of the things, too, looking at all the pictures that you post, and I've seen a lot of the bass fishing, bass fishing here lately. You've, you post a lot of big fish. Looks like you guys are catching. You've been on them pretty good. Well, if you hold them close to the camera, they look bigger. I've learned mm -hmm. that. You Extend know. the elbow. Ext my, my, my arms, if my arms were longer, they look a lot bigger. Full, ex full elbow extension. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got it. You know, one of the things I've noticed about you, though, over the years, seeing what you post, is you're a guy who, you know, you go do the bass fishermen. Uh, bass fishing and uh, you catch the, the things that everybody the prize you know you everybody wants to go catch that big large mouth bass that giant catfish something like that you're a guy that can have a blast just catching brim oh that's, you, my that's what i was raised on uh-huh and really i bass fish just till the brim start biting you know brim start bedding up and then i, I quit the bass fishing or what I've been doing uh, lately, I'm not a good bass fisher. I wasn't raised bass fishing. I was raised brim fishing. That's why I love it so much. But I found what I usually do is go out and bass fish early in the morning, like first couple hours. Mm -hmm. I love topwater bass. That's my favorite. And then <clears throat> put the bass fishing rig up and brim fish the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So I can do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of action with that. Action's my attraction, Brad. You know that. <laughs> I got you. So where'd you grow up? Southwest Little Rock. Okay. I'm, I'm Arkansas all the way through. I went to school at Mabelvale or McClellan, and, uh, of course, they just tore that school down. So I've been through two or three schools. Went to college in uh, Oklahoma. My mom and dad, we, we were born uh, and raised in a Nazarene church, and, of course, they wanted me to go to college. Uh, first one in my family to go to college, and they sent me to a church school. And the closest Nazarene college was in Bethany, Oklahoma, of all places. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Oklahoma's different, so I couldn't wait to get back home to Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Pretty strict upbringing then, I guess, Nazarene. Well, yeah, but I've got a few a few spankings every night. Yeah, it is. Uh, good people. Nazarenes yeah, sure. are awesome. Sure. Uh, I was v so fortunate to be raised in in a, in a family with parents, you know, in today's society, a mom and dad. Uh, and, of course, they love the Lord and they love the outdoors. And 
you know, you don't realize how blessed you are until you get old enough to look back and go, wow, I was so blessed. Absolutely. Be raised here in Arkansas. And mm-hmm. so outdoors was just part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. What did you, what did your family do? What was it with occupation? Dad was in produce all his life, uh, North of the Rock produce market. Uh-huh. And uh, he taught me a lot of lessons, Brad. Uh, I didn't know what he was doing, but he knew what he was doing. He would, of course, when you're produce market wholesale, you got to get up, get over there early. I mean, I'm talking about three or four o'clock in the morning. Because all these back then, all these little mom and pop grocery stores from around the state would have to be up there like at six, six o'clock in the morning to load produce to get back to their stores to have it ready for people to buy at eight o'clock fresh produce. And man, I can remember many a day as a teenager coming in off of a date and just changing clothes and going to the market working. And it wore me out. I mean, that's hard work. And uh, I think he did that on purpose to say, son, you don't want to do this the rest of your life. Yeah, well, a lot of work ethic that you learned at oh, a yeah. age. Yeah. Responsibilities and, man, ethics. You know, I remember I remember Dad sitting out in a flat-bottom boat many a day, brim fishing, or maybe even a deer stand. We'd sit together, and he would talk to me about responsibilities and integrity and all those things a 12-year-old boy don't want to hear about, you know. Right. But he had a captive audience. I couldn't get out of the boat, so <laughs> uh, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, your mother, did he work, she worked with him in the – no, mom, mom was, uh, she, she worked at a little store called TGNY, this retail a uh, little bit. Uh, of course, she stayed home, cooked. You know, back then, you didn't have two parents working, didn't have to all the time. We didn't have anything, but uh, we had, Dad always said, he said, I'm a poor rich man. Mm-hmm. And uh, that stuck with me. I, I remember him coming in, bringing cash money. He worked five and a half days a week, had to work till noon on Saturdays. And, well, Brad, I remember back. Of course, Father's Day is not too far, so I always think about him there, and his birthday is June 13th. So, But I remember many a day, we had a huge backyard, probably half acre. And, of course, we he had a push mower, if you can think about that. And now I know, being old as you do, you got to kind of play the weather because if you don't get that yard mowed, of course, he wouldn't dare do it on Sunday. So he had Saturday afternoon to mow the yard, basically. Yeah. Because uh, he worked so much. And uh, But I remember him coming in, starting to mow that yard, and I'd be begging him to take me swimming at the old blue hole or something. I remember him stopping and doing that. And, you know, I didn't think anything about that yard, of course. Uh, but, boy, I do now. So just just that kind of people. Right. Just, uh, it was all about family. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have siblings? I had an older brother. Still got him. He's uh, he's older now, eight years older. And and you got to keep in mind now, I, I kind of had an advantage because he was, he was pretty – I guess mean's a good word, all the way through school. Well, his nickname was Weasel, okay? And you think a lot of people know the wild man here in Arkansas. No. That was an earned nickname, Oh, Weasel. yeah, he earned his Weasel. Uh, but more fun to barrel the monkey, you know, he, we're totally different. I'm into hunting and fishing. He'll do it uh, if you take him, but he doesn't, he doesn't like it as much as I do. But uh, I make him go with me. We have a great time. He and I are real big sports fans together. We always went – to the I-30 Speedway stock car races all our lives and football games, and he got me into rodeoing. I think he he always made me do stuff. Now, you got to keep, keep thinking, he's eight years older. So when he was 16 or 20, you know, I was eight. Right. And he would make me do things. He made me get on a bull, you know, because he, <laughs> he wanted to be a bull rider. Now, he wanted, he wanted me to do it. He made me ride those rides at the state fair. Just scared me to death at eight years old, and uh, I'll never forget that. I get him back now, though. 
I've heard a story about you when you in your younger years, uh, and if this is true, this may be the <laughs> coolest thing that I've ever heard about you, wild man. Uh oh. Amidst all the many cool things, did you used to drive a Corvette when you were young? Oh yeah. Well, young, I got out of college in '72. Uh-huh. I bought a 1973 Corvette T-top, and then uh, that was a lot of fun. I always wanted a Corvette, but the best one. I got married in 1977, and so obviously uh, I, I've traded my Corvette for a 59 Corvette. Wow. Fine 59 was a license plate. Oh, there you go. Man, I'm, I'm so jealous. When I Growing <laughs> up, that's that was my dream car, Corvette. Yep. Of course, I had two problems. Number one, I couldn't afford it. Number two... Couldn't fit into it, you know. I've, I've, I've been, I was always being a bigger guy. I, I could never fold up to get in one, even if I could afford it. But that was always my dream car. Was, a, was I love a them. I still love them today. But you're right. Getting up out of them is my problem now. They sit so low. But there's nothing like a Corvette. I realized. I think that's when I, the first day, I, I thought, oh my gosh, Brad, you're getting old. I used to sit and just when I'd see a Corvette, I just like, whoa, yep. you know, I might miss, forget where I was going because yep. I just, man, I had to check that car out. Yep. And I'll never forget the day I was sitting at a stoplight, and I looked to my right. It was the first time I saw one of those zero-turn lawnmowers. The guy mm-hmm. was out there mowing the yard, and he spun that thing on a dime, and I just went, whoa, I got to have that. And I said, like, oh, my God, Brad, you, how old are you? You're yeah. not, not, Corvettes don't do it for you anymore. Now you're, looking at, a zero turn, you're looking at a lawnmower now, and, uh, yeah. and you you're thinking maybe about, afford one of those lawnmowers. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe one day. <laughs> so your dad, you, you talk about uh, you guys – Fishing, that's what you grew up. Did he start you with everything that you, as far as hunting and fishing, everything yeah. started with your father? You know, somebody asked me the other day, said, how old were you the first time you ever went fishing? Mm-hmm. And I had to thinking, I can't remember not ever not going fishing. I mean, I just part of my life. Right. Mom and dad both took me fishing. She loved it too. Mm-hmm. But I remember many a day, of course, like I said, he worked a lot at the produce market in North Little Rock, and he would get off like at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and, of course, in the summertime, you could fish to eight, and mom would have everything ready and, you know, snacks and the crickets and everything, and we'd head to Bearskin Lake. You ever heard of Bearskin? I have not. Bearskin, where's that? It's down, down Scott, Arkansas. It's okay. not far from Old River. It's an Owox Bow Lake. And uh-huh. It was a private lake, and dad knew some farmers down there, produce. And uh, that's what I remember probably most about my bringing up is we'd be out there brim fishing, and there's no telling how many brim we caught down that lake. But it, it stuck with me. Uh, you know, we used a fly rod. We didn't fly fish for them, but we used a fly rod and crickets and little corks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's still my favorite. It's what I do every day now. Yeah, when I go fishing. fishing. What about hunting? What's your favorite? I know you're not a wa- as big of a waterfowl guy nope. as I am, but what uh, what was now, your favorite time? Actually, I never went on a duck hunt until I worked for Game and Fish. Uh-huh. Uh, that, we, were, we were members of a deer camp. And uh, I can remember, of course, deer hunting is still my favorite. Well, sort of, I guess. As I get older, I'm, I'm turning to more of a fisherman than I'm a hunter. But deer camp was always special. Mm-hmm. Dad and I, he passed away seven years ago at the age of 95. And we spent, we spent 34 years of opening day together. We kind of started a tradition when I got out of college. And uh, opening day was so special for us. And, uh, and, and we were both so much alike, the fact that really the hunting wasn't – the most fun part, and still, to, I'm still this way today. My most fun part about any trip, fishing trip, hunting trip, whatever, is what I call getting ready to get ready. Mm-hmm. I love that anticipation, making the list, going down, scouting. Uh, 
I liked that more than I did the hunt. Dad would take me down there and look for scrapes and rubs and tracks. And, of course, now, Brad, you know, things have changed so much. You don't do that anymore. You go sit in a box and wait on a deer to come to your feeder. And I do that. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, it's just changed. But I really enjoyed the scouting. So deer camp was really special to us. And we rabbit hunted a bunch. Now, my brother liked rabbit hunting. Deer hunting was too slow for him. But rabbit hunting, you could yell and, you know, get the dogs going. He always had a bunch of beagles and you know, that's kind of a dying sport as well. So rabbit hunting and, and deer hunting were my favorite. Yeah. The journey's better than the end. It is. Say. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, you're known for Arkansas. You're Mr. Arkansas <laughs> uh, hunting as far as that goes. What about out of state? You, do you travel out of state much? You ever done much of that? I've done some turkey hunting out of state. I fell in love with turkey hunting. Never turkey hunting, never duck hunting growing up, you know. So this was all new to me. So when I worked for Gaming Fish, I got a lot of opportunities. For instance, one of my favorite types of fishing right now that I never did, didn't even know they existed, was smallmouth bass fishing. I love creeks, small bodies of water with smallmouth small mouth bass. But uh, growing up, I didn't do any of that. So I got started turkey hunting in 1980. So I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I just went crazy over it. And uh, people, have a, people get shocked when they say I like turkey hunting because – have to be still and be quiet when you duck hunt. <laughs> and uh, it's wrong when he's I never got into duck hunting much. I thought you had to be quiet and still, but you guys have a ball in that blind, oh, man, yeah. blowing calls. And turkey hunting and deer hunting is a lot. I mean, turkey hunting and duck hunting is a lot like the same. You get to talk to your game and, you know, so you can talk. Uh, but I fell in love with turkey hunting and I went crazy. I really did. Uh, you go in my office now and, uh, I mean, I, I bought rocks with turkeys painted on them. Anything had a turkey on it, so like you do with ducks. Yeah, yeah. And um, I fell in love with it. I really did. And had a ball. So I've, I've gone to Mississippi and Oklahoma and Missouri and Kansas, and it's awesome. I've, I've, I'm kind of dying out a little bit now, though. Those those mountains are getting pretty steep. Yeah, they get steeper as we <laughs> Yeah, they do. Yeah. But it's still fun. Yeah, sounds like an obsession, though. You're buying a rock looks like a turkey, or you've got pavement yep. on there. Yeah, that's that, I, that's obsession. Right. How'd you get started with the the game of fish? Was that something that you always wanted to do? Be a wildlife no. officer? Or what? No, no. Uh, I wanted to be public relations. I mean, I'm I'm a lot like my dad. My dad, you know, no matter where we go, we're the meter greeters. We're there 30 minutes early. That's the way Dad did church. We're the last ones to leave, and and of course he's a people person. This COVID 19 really put. A, Put a damper on me because I'm a high fiver hugger, and uh, but I know I want to do something with the public. I love people, and uh, I remember applying. Who I graduated from school in 1974, uh, Oklahoma, and uh, I was going to. I wanted to work for Disney World. They were they were busy. They were building Disney World then, mm-hmm. and uh, Florida, and so I applied. For, I wanted to maybe be a PR, public relations person. You know. And uh, I, I like sales. And when I got out of college, I went in business with my brother. He's a big salesman. He's more mechanically inclined, so he sold bearings and sprockets and V-belts and things like that. So he had a chance to go in business with another fellow, and he wanted me to be there. I had a master's in business administration. They wanted me to come in and run the office. So I did that for about a year. <laughs> I, I'm not a good office person. I had to get outside. So I went to outside sales and travel in Arkansas. I love that pretty good. i just not mechanically inclined. So, But I had that job. I was traveling, and I stopped at a gas station one day, Brad, over in West Little Rock. 
And I had my little Corvette, in fact, my little 59 Corvette. <laughs> and I was filling up uh, my tank. And on the other side of the tanks, uh, now one of my best friends ever, a guy named Terry Horton. You ever met him? Oh, I know Terry. Yeah. Terry? And uh, anyway, he pulled up on the other side, and they gave him a fish vehicle. Of course, you know, like everybody, everybody in Arkansas loves hunting and fishing. They go ask you how about hunting and fishing. Well, he was asking me about my Corvette, and I was asking him about, hey, man, where's good hunting and fishing? I won't talk about hunting and fishing. And if you know Terry, he talks as much as I do. And somebody said, if you get me and Terry Horton in the same room, we're like two ticks without a dog. We'll just wear each other out. But, but anyway, we started talking, and he said, man, you ought to come over and apply for, I got a position open over there and game fish. He said, it's hunter safety coordinator. I said, man, I've hunted all my life, so... Long story short, I went over there and applied and, and got the job, and, and Terry and I worked together for a number of years, and uh, still one of my best friends today, Terry Horton. Mm -hmm. But that's how I got the job, and got the name Wild Man as we had a director at the Game and Fish. You remember him, Steve N. Wilson? Yes. He yes. was a director for 20 years. Uh -huh. and of course, my name is Stephen Wilson. We were on one floor apart, one office apart. I think our phone numbers were one digit apart. Mm -hmm. Of course, he was a director. I said, they obviously got everything mixed up except our paychecks. Never did that one Never time. Never one time. Yeah. And I'm but, guessing if you're mad about it, he was a little higher. Oh, he was. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> they they called him Big Steve for a long time. You know, he was the head man. And, of course, he started putting on a little weight, and he didn't like that Big Steve. So uh, I had to get a nickname other than Little Steve. And uh, so they – and I headed up a program back in 19 – 84, I got to start a program for Game of Fish called Project Wild. And it stands for Wildlife and Learning Design. Mm -hmm. I worked in hunter safety for a number of years, and then this new program came out, and I loved it. I basically went around the state uh, teaching school teachers how to, they can teach their kids about wildlife. And you used, well, it's a lot like growing up now. I don't know about you, but when we grew up in grade school, when people studied math, what did y'all use, for example? Apples, oranges? You know, if you had five apples and added, well, this is kind of the same way except you use deer and rabbits. They, <laughs> they multiply a lot faster than yeah, apples and oranges. And it really was that concept. Yeah. But I did that. It was called Project Wild. And so that's kind of how I got my nickname. When people would call up there, they'd say, hey, I want to talk to Steve Wilson. In fact, Brad, we had four Steve Wilsons there at one time. I knew about the two because I'd always see your you, – your name's up on the headline of a pamphlet or something like that, listing people with the game and fish. But I know you had four. Yeah, Steve N. Wilson was director, and I was Steve Wilson, the wild man. And then we had uh, one up in North Arkansas that was a biologist around a mountain home. And then for a short period of time, we had a fisheries biologist in southwest Arkansas named Steve Wilson. So we had four Steve Wilsons. So when people would call up there and say, I want to talk to Steve Wilson, of course, which one? Uh, yeah, they said, which one you want? And then they'd start saying, I want that wild one, Project Wild. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got my name. Well, that's cool. I always wanted to know how you got that name. I was hoping it was prior to the Corvette or right around yeah. the time you got the Corvette. I, I want to make sense. up a better story. Than that. That's not <laughs> really exciting. I was going to make up something about a hot tub or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, But when you started the Game of Fish, were you a wild, I want to say just a wildlife officer, but public relations was not the title you started with. Yeah, I was never a wildlife officer. You know, oh, you, you were got, not? No, okay. I'm, okay. I'm not enforcement type people. You I, know, I love them. They do a great job. you got to be called to do enforcement, uh -huh. regardless, wildlife or whatever, tough job. 
doesn't pay anything. It's it's dangerous and so forth. But no, I'm a people person. I'm too nice to be a wildlife officer. I, uh-huh. you know, I trust everybody. You can't uh-huh. do that. I worked with them for a while, uh, and you know and that's a good thing to do because you you gain respect for them as well. Um, you know, Lord gives you all gifts and stuff, and that's not my gift. Just like theirs, they can't come in and give a public presentation very well. So uh, when I started there, I was in hunter safety, and really, you know, Brad, you look at your life and you always try to see, well, why am I doing this and what happens? But if you look, I, I majored in speech, business, and education in college. Mm-hmm. I got a functional degree. You ever heard of that before? A functional degree? Functional degree. That, that's really what it was. I've never heard of it before or since. <laughs> I think they just wanted me to get out of college. They wanted me away from Really? But it was a combination degree. I like it. It's, it's speech, business, and education. And, man, if you get on this side of my life and look back, it was a perfect degree for what I did. I mean, I did a lot of public speaking. Uh, I educated, still educate people about hunting and fishing. One of my most favorite things to do is introduce people to catching brim or turkey or whatever. And then, of course, I was over a department, so I had personnel to worry with and responsibilities and budget. So speech, business, and education. I went ahead and got a master's in business. Uh, but I think my gift is outside the office. It's a... It's outreach. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, how do the, the wildlife officers, did they react to, you know, the difference in your job? I mean, were they, I guess they enjoyed what you did to, to, to a degree. Were any of them kind of jealous <laughs> of what you, the things you got to do? Or how did, how did you, how was your relationship with most of the officers? Well, you know, the Damien Fish Commission, I love it. I really do. My heart's still there. I was there 37 and a half years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not perfect. It's made up of people, of course, but... One of the problems, like any, you know, I worked in sales. You've been in sales and so forth. you got different departments. you got inside sales and outside sales. And it seems like they always, well, the inside people, all these outside salesmen, all they do is drive around, drink coffee, you know, stuff. Yeah. And, of course, if you're out there selling stuff, you think, well, them guys just sit on their tails all day inside and talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. If you ever get in each other's shoes, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And the same thing, game fish. you got different divisions, you know, and – it's amazing what we get done working, I say, not together. You're divided, your divisions. I don't like the word divisions. You know, you got wildlife management division. They do a great job. Fisheries division. You got enforcement division. Then you got communication division. So you're all fighting for your, your own little piece of the pie. And sometimes you don't work well together. You're jealous or you say, well, all y'all do is sit in the office and talk on the radio. You know, we're out here. We're out here hauling fish, which yeah. is hard work. So uh, I, I did my best to try to break that down. And I think doing that, I would go, you know, rather than have somebody in, like if you had a biologist or a wildlife officer in here today on the show, they'd do a great job, but they're not in their element. Right. So lots of times on our TV shows and radio shows, we'd go to their home place, let them show off what they've done, their, their lake or their wildlife management area. And they were in their element there. So I think we broke some of those barriers. And uh, But you can't beat Arkansas Game and Fish, in my mind. It's not perfect. But go to Oklahoma for a few years. You'll appreciate Arkansas, I guarantee you. Yeah, grass is always greener, you think. Yeah, you think always. for a while. And yeah. then you say, man, I didn't. I think that's the problem. People have lived here all their lives. They've never left. They don't know how good they got it. They really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I couldn't even believe you. I went out west a long time ago to some of these conventions. And they said, well, you need to come out here and go fishing with me, uh, trout fishing. 
I said, why would I come out here and go trout fishing? We got world record trout in Arkansas. But they have a fishing season. Yeah. Did you know that? Out west, they got fishing season. You can't fish year-round. Yeah, I knew some of the salmon might be a little bit restricted on that, but I didn't, mean yeah, trout. A lot of, I didn't even think about trout. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of places. So I just think we're all spoiled uh, here in Arkansas. We've mm-hmm. lived here, never left here, many of us. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, maybe this COVID-19 makes us appreciate a lot more things than before. Uh, amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. So what about the, uh, the trademark cowboy hat you don't have your cowboy <laughs> hat on now but uh you we, most of the time when i see you, you've got that hat on where, where did that what's that about where did that start you, you remember forrest wood ranger yes, boats ranger boats uh, of course he did that and, and and of course when you have a head like this you, you <laughs> need some sort of thing in fact i i was wanting to be a race car driver today i was got i've gotten a number of hats i'm going to shift them around from time go. to time give me a little pr i do commercials for smart auto and bradford marine and bass pro but yeah. uh yeah, I rode horses. I grew up riding horses, rodeoing. Once again, my brother got me riding bulls when I was like eight years old. And That's love right there. Thank here, the here. Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I rode a few and bucked off of a bunch, but I've always loved uh, horses and outdoors. And so I uh, kind of use that as a, an identifier. And again, once again, you know, just it's not going to shine off a little bit. Yeah, it does. It's good I'm, for TV covered I'm, up. Uh, unfortunately, I'm starting to relate to that a little That's bit. Good, I, I may be getting uh, some advice on Knocking down that shine before. Brad, skin is in now. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. People do this on purpose now. Mm-hmm. The uh, pediatrician I had when I was a, when I was a little boy, he 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 was bald on top, had the had the hair around the sides, and and uh, that was one thing that I did say to him the first time I met him. I said I leaned over to my mother, I said, "Mom, he sure does have a wide part." <laughs> a wide part, yeah, but, <laughs> but he, it was uh, straight. <laughs> yeah, it was straight. Yeah, and he had a he had a sign. Uh, on his wall that said God made only so many perfect heads, the rest he covered with hair. So that's, that's exactly that's right. uh, that's that's the way that we'll go with it. So, uh, <laughs> so you recognize pretty much, you know, you you've been in the public eye for so long. Now you've retired, and I see you on TV as much, if not more, than I did when you were actually with the game and fish. So I mean, I guess anywhere you go in Arkansas, you're pretty much recognized. People talk to you a lot. People just come up to you and start start talking. Yeah, and some of them are my kinfolk, and I don't even know them. I, it's, <laughs> Yeah, one of, the, one of the great things, again, I'm a people person, and, and through the years, through the 37 and a half years with Game and Fish, I had the opportunity to travel all over Arkansas, and you just can't beat some of the best people in the world. Home, I mean, just just genuine people. You know that. You're, sure. You're, you live up here, and no matter where you go, and, and I, of course, I traveled a long time with hunter safety training classes, teaching classes, so... A lot of those <clears throat> kids that I put through hunter safety are now <laughs> retiring. Uh, but then I did a lot of wild game dinners and public speakings and uh, at chamber of commerces. And I like to entertain. I don't just go give a speech. I blow a <clears throat> duck call every now and then. <laughs> and uh, mostly turkey calls is what I blow and, and deer grunt calls now and so forth. So I try to do a little entertainment. And, and uh, man, it's just so much fun. I still do that, by the way. So if anybody needs a wild game dinner, a speech, I'll do that. Have to charge now. I used to do it free when I worked for Give Me Fish, but but it is a lot of fun. And uh, I work at Bass Pro, one of the one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. I tell you, and and I tell you what it really did for me working there, Brad. You know, when you do a TV show or a show like this, you know, a lot of people watch you, and and every now and then you get people say, "Hey, watch it, enjoy your show," but not everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but working there at Bass Pro, it really made me realize how many people watched. I mean, I get people mm-hmm. coming and say, man, I used to watch your show all the time. I was on AETN for yeah. so many years. And I go, wow, I didn't know that. So, uh, 
that's a really a lot of fun for me and and seeing people that you know they'll I'll say them then they'll say you spoke to my church back in 1994 and and I'll remember something about that particular night whether the weather or something and uh, but it's been a lot of places and I love it. I, I love think it's it. awesome that you're doing that Bass Pro. It's it's and it's cool for people walking in there like. You know, you expect someone to greet you that you never know. You you don't know who they are. You know, they're very very polite, very good at what they do. But when you walk in, you see someone you recognize on TV like that. You get to visit with with someone like yourself, Ben Onsman. I think that's really cool. You're doing that with Bass Pro. It's a good marriage. We've talked about it. You know, Will Anderson, the manager out there, he's they're all great people, and we talk about saying, you know, it it makes me proud to stand there and to see people outside of a store taking pictures. <laughs> of the store that they're getting ready to come in and spend their hard-earned money at. I mean, that take a lot of pride. Bass Pro's cool. Uh, Max Prairie Wings, same thing. You know, that's, sure. it's it's just known everywhere. So, yeah, I take a lot of pride. It's a lot of fun, too. Good people. Uh, the problem is, Brad, I don't get a paycheck. Every time I go get the paycheck, they say, you owe us $50. You bought this and that. And I go, did I? I don't need anything. But yeah. They got some neat stuff in there. Yeah, you have to cut that credit card up uh, when you go into work, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, what about, you know, people, all, all hunters, any kind of law enforcement, we don't always agree with, you know, maybe we get a ticket or something, or maybe even yeah. just a policy of the game and fish you don't agree with. How much do you get people coming up that are upset about something that the game and fish has done, and they want to lay it out to you? Do you get much of that where you get uh, someone comes up and they're pretty hostile? Or? I've been one of those people before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always agree with them. Too. Sure, sure. And of course, when they make a law and you work there, you got to enforce it. But yeah, I think I think I can remember some instances when I first started <clears throat> uh, working state fair. I love events and conventions and setting up exhibits. Again, meeting people. And I remember the first couple of years at the Arkansas State Fair, we'd be back there, and, of course, people would come up there and just unload mm-hmm. on us, uh, getting it off their chest. And back then, probably the biggest controversy when I started was, uh, and it was for many years, was running deer with dogs, dog hunters. And there's still controversy. Duck hunters, you're in the middle of it. You know, it's, you're never going to please everybody. Right. And I, but anyway, I remember standing at one time, and when it finally hit me, some guy come up and he just unloaded. Man, you guys do this, you guys, and it made me feel bad. And I used to try to defend us, you know, and and you can. I mean, if people will stop and usually listen to you for a little bit, you can educate them on why you have rules and regs. Some of them are just purely political, which is wrong. But that old boy got through and he he ate me out. And finally, before he left, he said, "You boys keep up the good work." <laughs> and I looked at him and said, "Wait a minute." I said, "He just chewed my tail out." And then gave me a compliment. Mm-hmm. And I found out that that's when I quit taking it personal. It, they just wanted to get it off. They wanted somebody to talk to, to unload. Mm-hmm. And he did. That's fine. I passed it on to the people in charge. Uh, but I think I think that sends a message to me that the people of Arkansas, the hunters and fishermen, are so passionate. Right. I mean, they are. And and, and I appreciate that. I mean, it, almost to <laughs> Too, too much. I mean, I've seen people, you have too, lose their families, lose their jobs over hunting and fishing, they're going hunting. Right. Uh, you, you've seen that. That's why a lot of people are in business for themselves. They said, hey, I'm taking off. I'm going hunting or lose their wi- wives or family. And I, I love it. But uh, there are things more important in life than hunting and fishing. Absolutely. So you retired. What what year was the retirement of fishing? Uh, four years ago. 16. Okay, 16. Yeah, 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when they had the roast. 
<laughs> when you uh, when you retired, they had the big roast of Wild Man Wilson. Uh, that was a that was a fun event. One of the most fun times I've ever had in my life. Yeah, yeah. So you took a pretty good grill in there. Most of the guys were were pretty nice. Too. I was shocked at how I thought, man, you guys are you guys are babying Wild Man here. Nobody's really getting on. Trey Reed, I think, got you more than anybody. He came in, hit you pretty hard. You know, Trey and I, Trey Reed and I worked together for what twelve years and did TV together, and it's really funny. A great friendship there. We're probably the most opposite people on other sides of politics and religion, you know, all that stuff. But we're some, we're best friends and you can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you can agree to disagree and we still have a ball, but he probably knew a lot more dirt on me than a lot of those people. Cause sure. he and I've been through some, you know, traveling and up early and out late and all around the state hunting and fishing, doing TV shows. So, uh, he was pretty nice though. I, he knew I can get him back. You know, he hadn't retired yet, so yeah, I still got some of, dirt on him. His his best line, I thought he was he was kind of making fun of you for not being being a little bit vertically challenged. Oh yeah. Uh, he, what he, I think he said, you saw you coming out of a deer stand, compared you to the Keebler elf, which I thought was a little <laughs> bit below the belt, but uh, but it was it was pretty funny. Well, you know, they think they say good things come in small packages. There you go. I've changed that. Good things come in bald packages. Bald. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to change right. hats now. There you go. I felt like a race car driver. <clears throat> hey, you got to do it. Got to do it. Um, so, like, when you retired, what was that? What was that transition like? I mean, you did that for a long time. You're in the public eye. You were very. I mean, you were you're a busy man for a long time. So, tell me about retirement. How's it been? It's weird. It was. You know, you never know what retirement's going to be like till you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I knew I didn't want to. Work full-time. I knew I didn't want to go home and sit on the couch, obviously. Action's my attraction. So blessed that I still have my health. I mean, I feel great. Uh, I really do for 70. And um, so you don't know. I, I, want, I knew I wanted to do something. That's why I went, you know, I was already working with Bass Pro when I was at Gaming Fish just through some uh, corporation things and promotions. So I went out there and I said, hey, Will, I said, uh, you know, I'm, I've got some time. I'd like to do some seminars. You know, you've done seminars out there. And uh, so I went out there, and he said, yeah, come on, do do seminars a couple times a month or something like that and give me something to do. And and uh, he said, I'll give you a gift card for coming out. That's great. So I went out there and did, did that for a couple months. <laughs> and I went into Will. I said, Will, I said, I like doing these seminars, and I'll take you gift cards. I said, but so far, nobody's come to any of my seminars. <laughs> nobody's showing up. So... So he said, why don't you just come to work here? I said, I don't know if I want a job. You know, I don't want to be tied down. I mean, right. I want to go fishing when fish about. He said, you just kind of work when you want to. Mm -hmm. I said, I can do that. He said, just stand up front and talk to people. I said, so that's how I got that job. So, but Brad, it's weird. Uh, you know, a lot of my fishing buddies, Trey and all them, they're still working. So they can't go when I want to go and, and my dad passed away, you know, seven years ago. So he was my hunting buddy. Uh, my brother kind of moved to North Arkansas. He was my stock car racing buddy and my football buddy. And and then uh, I've got a grandson, ten. He'd be ten. Yeah, he was ten uh, last month. And I was kind of counting. You know, that's always awesome. I love him to death. But he's not really into big into hunting and fishing. So uh, I was kind of looking forward to that. Uh, he's getting better. Uh, so it's kind of different. And that's why you see me trying to occupy my time. Uh, I got to stay busy. I don't mind mowing. I don't mind. I just got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I expected 
once you retire, man, you're going to be – we're not going to see Wild Man again. If we, if we <laughs> see him, he's going to have a beard down to his, to his belt <laughs> buckle and he's going to be out there in the woods. He's going to be hunting every day. But it's kind of different once you finally get all that time on your hands. It, it is. And, I, you know, I love hunting and fishing, but I don't want to do it every day. Yeah. I mean, right now, a couple of times a week, I need a little break. Uh, even if I'm catching them, I just need a little break. I, and a lot of people's not like that. I got buddies that can go to deer camp and stay two weeks and never come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to have some people around for, and I'll go back. I'm ready to go back. Uh, but everybody's different, you know, and, and I still like traveling Arkansas, do those speeches. I love going to little towns. That's one of my favorite things. You know, you go to Hampton, Arkansas or, or Mountain View and talk to the chamber or church up there and just, like I said, it's just some genuine people here. Mm-hmm. I see you doing commercials all the time. You, yeah. Of course, you, you work with Bass Pro. Who are the other companies that you're doing commercials for you're with? Smart Auto Group. Uh-huh. Uh, they were down, they're mainly in South Arkansas. They've got uh, five locations, three in Whitehall, uh-huh. one in Pine Bluff, and one in Malvern. A neat family. Been in business over 100 years. Uh, I'm not a car person. You know, I don't know automobiles that great. But, uh, in fact, I was in Bass Pro and working in a a guy with an agency in Little Rock, uh, Jason Spees, he's got his own agency. Now, he used to be with Channel 4 when I did my show over there. He was in sales, and he started his own agency called Agency 501, his ad agency. And he came in, I hadn't seen him in years, and he came in, he looked at me, he said, wow, man. I said, yeah. I said, you're Jason. He said, yeah. He said, I said, I said how you doing? I thought he's still selling. He said, how would you like to do a commercial? I said, yeah, anything, get me busy, man. And so he hooked us up, and, uh, man, it's awesome. It's fun. They're good commercials. They do a great job producing them and great company to work for. So I do five, four or five fresh commercials every month for them. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, Bradford Marine and ATV, uh, which is, if you've been to Bass Pro, you know they're married together there. So it's a great combination there, Lev Bradford and his, once again, uh, Family-owned business there. Been around for a long time. Oh, they yeah. really have good folk, a lot of fun, uh, and, and right down my alley. So it works very well there together as well. So that's my, my two, Smart Auto Group. And it's fun. Lev and and uh, and um, Roger, Smart, they're good buddies as well. So we, we're having fun. All ties together. Yeah. yeah. So looking back um, – your best hunt, best hunt, best fishing <laughs> trip. Tell me, well, if you had to. I know there's a lot to choose from. A lot of times, it's hard to put one on. But if you yeah. had to tell me your best, about your best trips, what uh, describe them to me? Well, by far, uh, the best hunting trip that I ever went on. I never pulled a trigger. And uh, like I said, I've deer hunted and, and duck hunted, and those are a lot of fun. Rabbit hunted. And you you think back through all those. Uh, and I'm not a photographer. I mean, you know, Jake here, he can do all this video stuff, and I'm always, I want to be in front of the camera. That's why I'm always jealous of Trey. You know, Trey Reed, he, he can work behind the camera. He worked for ESPN Outdoors, and he's good in front of the camera as well. But, and, and of course, any time we did our TV show, well, he would be behind the camera, and I'd be in front of the camera doing the calling or talking or whatever. Well, I have a tradition. My brother lives in North Arkansas, Mount Pleasant, Arkansas. Weasel. Weasel, yeah, yeah, weasel. And uh, he has a lot harder time being quiet and being still than I do. So, But we're very competitive. I don't care what it is. Uh, if it's spitting watermelon seeds, we're going to be doing good to fathers. <laughs> and uh, so I got into turkey hunting in the early 80s, and he never turkey hunted either. So he wanted to start. 
So I got him on a few turkeys, and he did pretty good and killed a few. So we started a tradition a few years back of I'd always go up there and hunt with him on opening day. And uh, so we did that for a couple of years and killed one or two and whatever. So then I said, well, I want a video. I'm going to try to video. So Trey set me up with the camera, talked me over. You know, I didn't. And this was probably 10 years ago. And uh, so he gave me a tripod and a, and a camera and one of these big cameras, you know. And, and so I went up there the day before, like we always do, my brother and I. We went scouting and everything. And so we went to this big field where he knew it was the day before the season. And because uh, we needed video of turkeys. I mean, that's tough. Right. Trey, not a turkey hunter either. So we didn't have hardly any video. And so we pulled up this field and looked over the field there. And it was a pretty big field. And there were six turkeys out there, about two, three hundred yards off. So I set my camera up on a tripod. We were up here behind some trees. And it was so windy. I mean, it was just howling, which is bad for turkey. Well, I set my camera up and got it focused in the best I knew. I hope I knew how to turn it on. <laughs> And it was showing it was running, but it was so windy that it blew the camera over. Ooh. I mean, the tripod and everything. I mean, it was just howling. I got some video of them way out there, which I was pretty proud of. Yeah. So I, it was kind of the afternoon. I said, hey, we need to be here in the morning. And we even picked out a tree to be under and so forth. So I was sleeping good that night. You know, I had my camera up. So next morning, got over there, sitting in the car. I can never forget. Of course, it was about an hour before daylight. The car was just sitting there shaking like this. The wind was still just mm. howling, which just deflated. I mean, that's horrible, horrible wind. You can't hear. So we said, hey, we're over here. Let's go. So we took the camera and went over there and sat under a big cedar tree type thing and could see out across the field. Lo and behold, long story short, so you talk about turkey hunting, you don't get short stories. Uh, set the decoy up, and first thing, right out of the bat, still kind of dark, Coyote runs out there and tries to get our decoy. Another bad sign, you know, for turkey. I said, oh, man, wind was blowing. Anyway, I sat beside my brother. I set up the little camera on the tripod here, and we was all set up and everything. And I looked way over there about 300 yards and saw a turkey. Couldn't believe it out there. I mean, and and I told my brother, I said, I, I, saw, I see a turkey. So I started calling, and we could see him gobble. Couldn't hear him. The wind was blowing so hard. Man. Well, 30 minutes later, he was in our lap. He came all the way across that field, full strut, running, gobbling, and went out of sight a couple of times, and you can imagine anticipation. Come right up over this hill, full strut, 25 yards in front of us, and I had that camera full frame, praying to God it was on. <laughs> you know, I was checking everything. Of course, couldn't move much, and I followed the turkey full frame over to the decoy, got to watch my brother kill it. It was just an awesome. I'll never, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it yeah. right now. So that had to be the highlight. Yeah, yeah, that's also you had the coyote, you had you had Wiley and Weasel uh, both yeah, on the that's same true, yeah. that morning. So. You're exactly right. It, here's the bad thing about it. You know about filming how that is. Of course, I filmed that. Of course, I'm not in the film, and Charlie's not in the film. It's just the turkey. My brother Weasel's not in the film because I'm videoing turkey. Well, I got home. I couldn't wait to call Trey, and I said, Trey. You know, just, I was over, I said, you got to come in now and see if this is on video. I was scared to even <laughs> rewind it. I was scared I'd erase it. So he came in and we were just elated. Well, the next morning we got up and we, I, I said, call my brother. We drove back up there and he videoed us going, setting up, setting the decoy up so he could video us, us 
from the and it edited into the show, you know, and so forth. Had him had us wear the same clothes that we wore. So he did a great job putting that together. It's a memory I will never ever forget. Mm-hmm. What about um, you know that's that special mainly because of the person you're with. What about harvest? Do you have like a big deer or anything that you nope. harvested that you really? I do. I've never killed a. I've never had a deer mounted. Really, I've never killed that big of a trophy. Uh-huh. Killed a lot of deer. I've never had a fish mounted my goal is to catch an eight pound bass i caught a seven pound before and you know the eight pounds got off that got away sure i've had them on there two or three times uh i'm not real big into trophies i i you know if you give me a choice you know that's the hard part about gaming fish people want a lot of big everything uh you know you want a lot of big trophy deer you want a lake full of big monster bass well you really can't have that you you either got to have quality or quantity right a management thing. So I would choose quantity. I'd rather catch 50 brim than one big bass. Not everybody's the same way. My brother, he just wants to kill a deer. He said, I don't care if it's got horns or not. That's fine. He's mm-hmm. got that. But there's other guys that, you know, man, Jake's killed some nice bucks in here. There's guys that will wait and pass up small eight points for these. And that's fine. I won't. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what I love about it. You know, everybody, everybody, you draw your line where you want to, and don't try to get me to change. Just like ducking, right, right. you know. A lot of guys won't set a shoot a duck sitting on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever shot a duck sitting on the water? You darn right, I have, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy, I, he shot one sitting on the water, and I said, "Do y'all you shoot a duck sitting on the water?" He said, "He said you deer hunt." And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Do you shoot that deer off before you shoot it, or yeah, do you exactly. shoot it standing?" Yeah, or a turkey. Got yeah, a good same, point. Yeah, same thing. Good same point. thing. And I've seen into you know most of the time I do scare a duck up before yeah, I shoot yeah. it. But have I ever done it? Heck yeah, I have. And I've never shamed someone for doing it. No, I have seen a lot of times where we scared that duck up and that duck got crippled. Well, Rather, when you had a kill shot right there in front of you know we've been we've been a little cocky at times and pulled that true. trick and and uh, but sometimes it's hard to kill them on the water too. It is. It's sometimes I mean, your best that, kill yeah. shot if you can get them right up, your best kill right. shot is to jump them. But right. um, but everybody draws their line different places. Yeah, yeah, and I don't shame anybody if they no. if they want to shoot it on the water, have at it. Do That's it. right. If you want to shoot that little deer, have at it. Whatever mm. whatever you want to do is is what you as long want as it's to legal. Do. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you you know as far as you're you're you told me the great stories now let's talk about a horror story i trying to <laughs> trying to prep for you it's like you said before about how much trey reed would know about you you guys spent so much time together prepping for you coming in here i called trey i said hey man oh no yeah yeah i said oh uh, he's gonna tell you about the the ride from hell that is, yeah yeah you got it right you no, got there's, it right there's no second place <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the ride from hell then i i didn't know the official title but let's well hear. we named it a bunch of stuff and uh <laughs> I want to do a, a TV show. You know, there's so many places to fish in Arkansas. Just And I love streams. I love – one thing I like about turkey hunting is as you go through the Ozarks and Washita's and so forth, you come across these beautiful little streams. Mm-hmm. Not huge, but just – and I want to do a thing called riding and reeling mm-hmm. because a lot of these streams don't have access points. And I love horses. So we set up a show to go to the Buffalo River. Now, that's – Everybody knows where the buffalo is, but some beautiful places oh, along yeah. the buffalo. And so our idea was to do a horseback ride, and you know the buffalo winds and, and hit the buffalo, get off the horses, fish for a while, and then get back on your horses and ride some more, just riding and reeling. Yeah, get great, off a, and great idea. I want to watch that yeah. show. Yeah. 
No, you don't want to see this one. <laughs> well, a, a few months before we had it planned, uh, the freeze, we had that big freeze, I think it's 2012 or whatever up north. Well, it, it broke a lot of trees down and anyway, got on a lot of our trails up there that, and where we went, we didn't go scout before we did it. So long story short, again, so three or four of us go up there. Uh, we had Rhonda Mills from Buffalo Outdoor Center met us. She's, she was the only smart one of the group. She'd been on this before, uh, done this before. I never had. And uh, two things she did that I remember that I've learned, she brought a change of clothes. And I said, I mean, it's just a one-day deal. Mm-hmm. But every time we'd stop and wade out to go fish for a little bit, she would change clothes behind the bushes over there. Well, I don't know why she did that now, because I didn't. I just got wet, and then you get back on the horse or riding a saddle for a little bit. With some wet pants. Yeah. So I learned that. <clears throat> did you get chafed? Or- uh-huh. Okay. I did. All right. The other thing she did, she brought a two- or three-piece fly rod with her, and every time she'd break it down and put it together, and I said, why do that? I just brought a little ultralight, you know, tied it right on my saddle right there beside me. No big deal. Until the horses started running, and my I had a little crawdad crankbait on, and as the horse was running, my rod was flopping, and the crawdad got hung in its tail, oh. the horse's tail. So horses buck pretty good, too, when they get <laughs> fish hooks in their tail. And then, like I said, the other thing was, uh, this was supposed to be about a, we are supposed to be back at, I think, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but all our trails, a lot of our trails were blocked with trees, so we had to make detours. I think we got back about 6 that night. and uh, oh. me, and, me and Trey both were in trouble, but that was the trip from hell, we called it. <laughs> Never forget it. Yeah, so we you, caught one fish, I think, the whole day. One fish the whole <laughs> yeah, day? Yeah, to make it worse. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah. And then your trail being just cluttered with limbs and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah trees, yeah. We had to make big detours and so forth and and we had a lot of uno shows i don't know if he told you about the string of uno shows you've done duck hunting tv shows before uh sometimes they're just not squirrels aren't out the turkeys aren't gobbling the fish aren't biting and i think for about six weeks and we had a 30 minute tv show every week so we had to get a show it wasn't like we can come back Mm -hmm. we had one chance at it and i think we killed one squirrel on the trip one rabbit caught one striper and there was something else, maybe one duck, I don't know. But you just have those days. But we had to get a, show. a lot of education in those shows. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about, you know, when you started, you your father got you started. Yeah. And, and I know how close you were to him, seeing some of the shows you, you guys hunting, really touching stuff, you and your father hunting. So um, you have a son? Nope. i got one daughter, Celeste, and uh, she's my girl. Okay. She's my boy, if you will. Of course, my nickname is Wild Man, and she goes by the Wild Child. Wild Child. She's killed three deer. Uh, she's, and, and, of course, now she's married to a fireman, Nathan. It's real interesting. I never had a son, but she married Nathan about 10 or 12 years ago, I think, and, and he's a firefighter, good guy from uh, Hot Springs, but he never hunted and fished. Uh, nothing against it, just right. you know, wasn't in his family. So he's my boy now, and he catches on quick. He's so he's fact, interested. You're taking fact, him. I'm not taking him anymore. Yeah, he's killing more deer than I am. But he yeah. really caught on well. And he loves it. And so, and once again, they have a boy uh, named Luke, and he was 10 uh, this month earlier. And uh, he's, he's not, it's not in his blood, but I think he's getting to like it a little bit. He likes riding four wheelers and stuff. And, but he, you know, this 
technology. It's a whole nother show we could do about technology. And he's into computers and he's good on them. He's great. Uh, but I'll get him there. Yeah. You told a funny story about Luke, and I can't believe that he's 10. I remember you talking about him, you know, years ago, and, and I know he was a lot younger than that. What was it that he said that was so funny? And if I'm thinking right, he might have even said it on the show. What was his favorite part? <laughs> what was his favorite part of the hunt? Oh, that was funny. <clears throat> I think he's three or four years old or something, and uh, I always did a, a radio show with uh, Jennifer Trafford on Kissing mm-hmm. back then. And uh, at 7 o'clock live in the morning, just, you know, a little five or ten minute show. So he went with me that day. We was on the way to deer camp. And so I went in there and, you know, of course, Jennifer was flirting with him and everything, making him feel good. And, and she said, so, Luke, you're, you're getting ready to go to uh, deer camp with Peep. That's what he calls me, Peep. That's half a peepaw. <laughs> and uh, he said, yes, ma'am. And she, he says, uh, she said, well, what, what's your favorite thing about deer camp? And, you know, she thought he'd say, Riding four wheelers or something, he said, "Pooping in the woods," <laughs> <laughs> and it was. That's what he liked to do. Was so. Mama proud? Of oh no, said. not really. <laughs> <laughs> Pooping in the woods. Well, you know, it takes a little pressure off. You know, I know anytime we take kids duck hunting, we, you won't have a lot of ducks. You know, you yeah. you can't just have a, a couple come in there and them have success. You got to try to put a lot of birds in front of them, right. but. If that's the standard, if if, if yeah. that's what he really enjoys, that takes some pressure off. You know what we're gonna get? We're gonna have a big breakfast, and the pooping in the woods is the big part of it. We success. Man. I can guarantee we, that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't guarantee a deer. <laughs> no, you're right. But uh, we like the outdoors. I mean, that's that's whether it's fishing. And my daughter and them's getting into fishing more now. Uh, topwater bass fishing and brim fishing. So uh, I'm very blessed. Yeah. If you could go back, uh, you had that time machine. You could go back and, and uh, see the wild man back when he was 18 years old. And you, uh, you couldn't do game and fish. You couldn't do what you did. Was there something else that you would have enjoyed, or if you could go back, was there something that if you didn't do that, I know you don't have regrets, but if you yeah. if you go back, what would you choose? Well, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, I think, like I said, the Lord had a plan, like He does for us all, and I'm so blessed. But I don't think I'd change anything. If I love sales, and so I'd be in some sort of sales, uh, probably in the outdoor sales whether it be boats or uh or guns or something along that line so I, I would it would have to be connected with the outdoors i was in retail clothing for a long time believe it or not believe it or not i worked at phillips men's store for big and tall <laughs> <laughs> i worked my way through college part-time out there selling clothes and i enjoyed that pretty much yeah uh, uh, and I always dreamed of kind of going on the road. I would like to travel. I'm, I'm not an office person. You know, I, I really thought I'd be, a, I'm a people person, so I thought I'd be a good HR, you know, uh, hiring, firing. And boy, I found I'm not that at all. Yeah. Get me out of that office. Yeah. So I'd probably be a traveling salesman. Yeah. One final question. What's uh, what's on the wild man's bucket list? What you got ahead <laughs> of you? What, what have you not done that's on the list, man? What are you going to do? I've got three or four things. I, I want I want to be an auctioneer someday. <laughs> I better hurry. <laughs> I've always wanted to be an auctioneer. I don't know. I think that'd be just fun. I've How do you get trained? You have to go get trained. Yeah, you go to that? school. Yeah, I think okay. there's a twelve day school or something like that. I just think it'd be fun. Um, I want to go to Whitaker Point, uh, Hawksbill Creek. You ever been there? Hmm. It's that overlook. No big deal. I just need to do it. Uh, it's up around Jasper. Uh, along the Buffalo River. You, it's the thing you see on all the covers on every magazine and every phone book we used to have. It's that big outcrop of rocks where you see beautiful. So I want to go there. I want to visit there. I've uh, never been to a NASCAR race. I want to do that. I, I always go to I-30 Speedway. I love dirt tracks. 
Uh, so I've got a few more things like that. I saw where they, they've started back doing no, some. Uh, NASCAR has, NASCAR. but I-30 hadn't. Yeah, NASCAR, yeah. What's I used a, to drive. I, I've done a lot of things in my life, just a few things. I've been on bull riding. I got on six. That's all. But I can say I did it. Uh, I've driven race cars at I-30 Speedway. I think I drove five races. I, but I, I get scared. I'm not a real, I'm not real brave. I just like to test it out. I want to go hogging someday. I want to go down and get a catfish out of a hole. I think that make me nervous. To yeah. Get well, I kind of want to do it once. Just say I did it. Yeah. I'm gonna see how it goes for you. And then I, <laughs> then I decide if I want to do it. I want to do it. Well, man, listen, well, I, mean, I really appreciate you coming down here, taking, make, you know, making the drive down here, spend some time with it. It's been a lot of fun. I love having to get a chance to turn the table on yeah. you a little bit. And well, you made a lot of trips for me many a time being on radio yeah, TV. Yeah, it's always, always my pleasure. Now we're sitting at a poker table. I'm going to move this, this hat right here. 24. Yeah. Sitting at a poker table, we've got a little thing that we started here. We're going to play a little quick game of war. My daddy would not let me play with cards. You know that growing well, up. We're not bet. <laughs> this, this is not for money unless I win. Old maid. He'd let well, me do old maid. We're going to do high card wins. Just quick. You want to cut them? Yeah. I do know what that means. We got you tied down there with the microphone. There you go. All right. All right. $100 if I win. Let's see. <laughs> Wild man's got a seven. I got a nine. Hey, I'm telling you, man, I need to go to Vegas. I need to go to Vegas. I no, you don't. You need to stay right here and make duck calls. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Wow, man, thanks a lot, man. You really, bet. Thank really you. Appreciate it.